So I think we can all agree that 2020 is a year we would all rather forget very fast. But before we start looking forward to a brighter 2021, and with Thanksgiving this week, it's time for Jason Perlow and I to hand out our annual Tech Turkey Awards. That is, tech products and services that didn't live up to the promise or the hype. Or they just flat out failed. I'm Jason Cipriani, and you're listening to or watching Jason Squared. All right, Perlo, I don't think we have a specific order for this year's crop of Tech Turkey Awards, but where do you want to start? So I think we should start with who won last year and probably still wins this year. The social networking services, Twitter and Facebook, right? Yes. I, I think we should note that, I mean, they, they, they also ended up on the list last year for the exact same reasons, right? Which is enabling misinformation spread and manipulating people's minds. Now we got Nazis and white supremacists all, all over the place. Um, and this year we can add parlor to our yeah, list of parlor. services too that clearly have no interest in policing themselves and keeping hate off the internet. I, I Social networking just flat out failed this year, Jason. I, I don't know what you think. Um, I, I think in regards to Facebook, 100% it failed. Um, I think Twitter... Look, it's not perfect, but I think towards the end, especially of the election oh, cycle, yeah. they started doing a lot better, especially they kind of had to. They kind of had no choice. Yeah. Well, I mean, but Facebook had a choice and, and they chose very right. late to, to do anything about labeling tweets or, or posts that were, you know, misinformation. And I think as it got closer to Election Day and, and since Election Day, we've seen Twitter do a really good job at making sure the right information was put uh, put out there for people on tweets that were false or misleading. So I think Twitter did a better job than Facebook, but I'm going to agree with you that social media as a whole, biggest tech turkey of 2020, no doubt. Uh, it, you know, it, it's far too easy for someone to fall down a rabbit hole and get radicalized, you know, to an extent uh, with misinformation. If it's on Facebook, if it's on Twitter, it, it has to be true, right? Forget what someone, a professional in a respective field says, I saw it on Facebook. There was a video about it. <laughs> and, you know, the, the hard part for any of these companies is if they if they take down a post or they take down a video, the people who actually believed that view it as confirmation that it's true and they don't want us to know the truth and they're hiding something from us when, you know, they're actually trying to do a, a service to the general public. So they're in a rock and a hard place, in between a rock and a hard place, but they could do a lot better. Parlor... <laughs> I don't even want to get started on Parlor, dude. <laughs> it's just, oh man, the number of people who have left to go to Parlor. It, it, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just don't, gonna. Don't, don't let that. the door hit you on the way out. That's kind of yeah, like yeah. My, my, my feeling about that. Have fun with that, guys. Have fun with that. <laughs> oh man. So it, let's let's talk an actual tech product, an actual gadget. Uh, this is number one on my personal list. It's Microsoft Duo. It's yeah. the first Android-powered phone. It's a dual-screen phone. It folds in on itself. The screen doesn't fold. There's actually two different displays there. And, you know, I think we did a show early on this year when it was announced, or maybe closer to launch. It, and I mentioned that it was probably one of the phones I was looking forward to the most this year. Yeah. And so I, I bought one. It was $1,500 after taxes. Oof. Uh, they had a 60-day return policy, and I used, I think, 32 days of that before I sent it back. It just, 
to me, there's a there were there were too many bugs. I, it was widespread. Everyone yeah. knew there were bugs and usability issues and swipes and gestures just didn't work. Sometimes you would tap an app icon and it just wouldn't launch. There was a lot there that needed to be worked out. I could see it being better as a tablet than a phone. I mean, there yeah. wasn't even a, a display on the front. So if you wanted to see who was calling you, you had to actually open the phone in order to see it. There were There were a lot of little things that just... In theory, they made for a good, different approach to a phone, but it just, in practice, man, it was horrible. I I think it was the wrong product at the wrong time. Um, I think, though, even the best of years, uh, when people are out being mobile and commuting to work, uh, this device would have a lot of problems. Um, The hardware was really outdated when it was released because of how many delays this thing had, um, you know, up until its release. Um, It was underpowered. It didn't have enough memory to drive those two screens, so the device was laggy. Um, it was just too expensive for what it offered. Um, some folks oh. even said the screens were too big for a smartphone and yet too small for to be for an effective tablet. Um, yeah. I know Ed Bot, who recently sent his back, um, who is a total Microsoft fiend, right? right wanted yeah. one with bigger screens on it so it could be an iPad replacement. So I could understand maybe if you went with bigger screens and you folded it out, and then like if you had something that was smaller than an iPad when it was folded, but when you unfolded it, it was as big as an iPad Pro. That I could understand, you know, from, a, from but then again, that was supposed to be the, the Neo, right? When, when, yep. they, when they came up with that idea. They never actually released the Neo. I don't know right. if they ever will at this point now based on, on, the, on the fact that the Duo didn't do so well. So Yeah, they you know, said we'll they're going to focus on single screen devices instead of dual screen devices for bigger, what is it, Windows 10X or whatever yeah. it's called. So next on our list is another foldable phone, the Moto Razr 2. You know, Motorola first announced their first foldable flip phone that looks kind of like the original nostalgic Razr released, you know, 20 some years ago. Uh, maybe not that long. But so they released a second version this year. They added 5G, bumped up the specs a little bit, but still it's an overpriced phone that just is not catching on. Uh, you know, I think foldable displays in general are the future as far as where smartphones go, but Motorola is just taking the wrong approach here. What do you think? Well, look, look, everybody wants that Star Trek technology to be real. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, you know, if you're a science fiction guy, first of all, the, the, the very first, the very first razor was compared to the Star Trek communicator because it, if, you know, flipped out and everybody, you know, they even hired the Star Trek stars, I think when they, when they, when they released that phone and also the predecessor to that phone, uh, the micro attack. Um, but you know, the, the implementation has to work, right? I mean, the, 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 you need to be able to have, well, you don't want to have any compromises when you're using smartphone technology. You want, you want the right. fastest processor, you want a good screen quality, you want green, decent screen size. Um, you know, you want the, the device to be responsive. Um, so the it can't just be you know gimmicky oh cool look at my phone right i mean these days anyway it's like everyone's at home anyway so it's not like you have anyone to impress other than yourself it's not like you're going <laughs> to work and you get to show your your, your co-workers hey look at my new flip phone no i mean i mean i mean you can't even do that on zoom now because like most people are turning zoom's videos off now people are just talking at, at work where i work so you got the technology has to be fundamentally sound. It has it has to deliver what the users want, and and the razor was just too expensive in it, and it didn't deliver enough. That's that's yeah. really the story of the razor, unfortunately. And on the flip side of that, and we don't have to dive into it. I think Samsung did a great job with the Galaxy Fold 2. It delivered everything the first generation device didn't. 
So it's showing that there is true potential there. And I, you know, reviews were very high on that device and, and very good. It, it, it shows it can be done. Just Motorola's approach, I think, like we've talked about is, is wrong. All right, so what's next on our list? So I'm gonna have to bring up Quibi. What, what, what is that? Quibi, so Q-U-I-B-I. This was a failed video subscription service, streaming service, oh. targeted for smartphones, and it was formed by Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman, right? So the, the content was supposed to be in 10 minute bursts, okay? And you were supposed to see, you know, format that, you know, content that was optimized for smartphones and, and tablets, right? And they burned through $1.75 billion in the course of a year. And this was raised by investments from all the major Hollywood studios, you know, the Disney's and stuff and all that, and, and DreamWorks. And the system shut down six months after its launch in April. What? So it, it just, it just, the, 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 it just, 2020 killed it. Yeah. Was it. this part of a Verizon thing? No, it was, it was an independent uh, streaming service. Really? Yeah. See, so I, I think I vaguely remember hearing about it, but for spending 1.75 billion, that's what you said with a B? Yes. Billion? Yes. Billion. Uh, that's, that's pretty sad. Like, that's obscene. Yeah. <laughs> dude i can honestly say i never watched a quibi at all neither have i neither have i that's that's a lot of money for nothing and no chicks oh. for free either so yeah well no. six months no. of that huh six um months. facebook <laughs> portal what do, what do we think about that i think uh, i don't want it anywhere near my house so uh, full disclosure facebook sent me a portal uh, a few months ago I had it set up for a few weeks. It was even in the background of some of our videos that we've recorded. I used it a bit. Uh, and then I got tired of Facebook, especially leading into the election and it being a time suck and just all the other stuff that was going on on there. And so I haven't used Facebook since September now. And so I, it's been sitting unplugged and unused. And even when I did use it, uh, it was cool. You know, the camera following you around the room is really neat. It was fun interactive AR games and stuff like that. But I think the bigger picture here is the privacy concern that eventually I came to terms yeah. with that I had had before Facebook sent me the portal um, and, and just convincing people to keep one of these always on and in their living room is, is a tough sell. You know, they launched some new models earlier in the year, smaller frames and even one that goes on your TV that turns your TV into a video conference uh, screen more or less. But yeah, what do you think? So I think people find Facebook to be a company that is intensely untrustworthy, right? So the idea of throwing a piece of hardware that this company has its tentacles in, you know, on, uh, on, yeah. on your, your, your hutch in your living room or, or in your, you know, your kitchen, it's kind of disturbing, right, to a lot of folks. So it, it, but now it's not like Google or Amazon is doing this fundamentally any better as those companies have similar products, but I think that people want to have the ability to maintain their distance from Facebook if they want, right? So one thing is to have it on an app on your iPhone or your Android that you can switch it off, right? The other, you know, is to shove it in your living room or in your kitchen and have it, you know, have its video camera and its and its audio capture capabilities on at all times. Um, you know, there's just a lot of creepiness and data manipulation and privacy intrusiveness aspects to Facebook that, I think that people just can't get over, you know, for a good reason, 
right? So I, I, you know, yeah, you know, I keep an, I keep an, an Alexa in my room. I keep a, a, a Google uh, Home in the kitchen, but I don't have the same concerns with those companies as I do with Facebook. You know, maybe I should, but you know, I, I, I just think Facebook is just, just not is, it's fundamentally a bad actor, in, in, in most cases. Yeah, and they've proven it time and time again. They've had second and third and fourth chances, and each time they failed, it, it, which is, you know, the broader impact here. And putting a device that not only has a camera and a mic built into it, but also, you know, wakes up every time you walk past it. So they're able to track your movement through the house, uh -huh. especially if you have more than one. And, you know, there's a lot of other various aspects to it that, you know, and we've, we've done a show on HomePod Mini. By the right. way, my first HomePod Mini shows up today. So Ooh. I'm excited for that. I'll start ripping out Alexas and Google Homes uh, and whatever else today. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, Facebook just has not earned <coughs> trust. And they've rolled out, you know, they rolled out Zoom. That, the whole reason they sent it to me was because they rolled out WebEx and Zoom and other stuff to Portal. And I just, I can't have it because there's all those other aspects to it. Well, having Zoom calls on it was nice. I just, I can't leave it plugged in. You know, and, that, and that's unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. Now, getting, um, getting to our next victim, Jason. Okay. The Amazon ring of fire. <laughs> so, so I read something briefly about this. Apparently some of the Amazon ring doorbells when they were in the hardwired ones, right? Were catching fire. Yes, they were catching fire. So Amazon had initiated a product recall. This happened about, you know, like a week ago. So essentially, so the, uh, this is a problem that's related to how the devices are screwed into the wall, right? So if, and if it isn't done right with the correct type of screws that are being used, the batteries that are built into the device can overheat and catch fire, okay? So there have been 85 incidents of the doorbells being incorrectly screwed in and 23 of those ignited, causing really? property damage, and eight instances where some people actually got burned from these things. Ooh. Ouch. So, ouch, yeah, ouch. I mean, that that's definitely a tech turkey. But what's odd is that it's, the, you said, the screw going into the wall. It's not even how it's wired or what kind no, of... No, I'm guessing that the screws heat up from the heat from the battery, and then I guess yeah. it causes a, a, you know, a chain reaction or something like that. That's really interesting because their ring kits, no matter what kind of light or camera you get, all use similar screws. I wonder if they knew about this at some point switched the material of the screw in hopes you know nothing would ever come of it but unfortunately you said 85 incidents that's that's quite a bit uh yeah that's a big recall i think it was like 365,000 units or it was a, it was a large number it was a fairly large number of how many doorbells they had to recall uh so that definitely earns themselves a uh tech turkey i would say yep definitely another Another late entry just in this last week is Google's Google Photos and uh, the announcement that users will no longer get unlimited normal photo and video storage. That's right. Uh, starting, I think it's June of 2021, somewhere yep. around there. Yep. You Whatever know, you have uploaded before then doesn't count. You're good, forward, with, you're good with your older stuff, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's particularly aggravating problem for some of us that are legacy users of their service. Um, you know, I, I have like a year of storage left based on the tool that they published recently that, that, that estimates. So I guess I'm going to have to start paying for crap 
after that. Uh, and, 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 and by the way, it doesn't matter if you take pics with an iPhone or a Pixel, apparently, you're going to pay after you hit that 15 gigabyte free barrier, from what I understand, unless you buy into their, their, their yeah. Google One service, right, as, as I understand. Yeah, so what, it, what has been the case is normal uploads are actually, so if you take a 16 megapixel picture, they downsize it to a 12 megapixel and upload it, at, and they call that the normal upload right. um, quality. Couldn't think of the word there. So everyone's had unlimited access to that. Pixel phone users used have, to have, used to have, used to have unlimited access to original quality. So if you yeah. take a 24 megapixel, which the Pixel doesn't even have that kind of camera, but just using it as an example, it would upload it in the original quality. If you took a 4K video, it, it would upload the 4K video instead of downsampling it to 1080p. Uh, that's gone for everyone now. And it's frustrating for people who have gone all in on Google Photos because it's free. It's always been, when someone asks me, hey, I don't wanna spend money for iCloud storage. What do I yeah. use? Google Photos, because yep. it's free and it's unlimited. And now I have these same people coming back to me saying, how do I get my photos out of Google Photos and keep all the metadata that is tied to it because they strip some of yeah. it in certain ways you pull stuff out. Uh, and so it's, it's frustrating for a lot of users, even though what you have in there now doesn't count as soon as the June 1st deadline comes. Uh, this is... Poor, poor decision on Google's part. I understand they're dealing with a lot of data, but they should have never committed to this in the first place if this was going to become an issue down the road. It's, yeah, it's I mean, I think they're going to have to get more competitive with uh, the Google One service to, to compete with what Apple's doing, you know, because yeah. I think that, uh, you know, Apple's Apple One is the probably one of the best bargains, uh, you know, in the in the the services industry, the cloud services industry right now, especially, you know, if you got six people, you got to share through, you get that two terabytes for yeah, that, 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 that $30 a month, which I think is fantastic. That's what I'm doing now. And it's, it's, you know, I, I wish I could dump all my stuff to, to that two. I mean, I'm, ho I'm hoping for iCloud for, 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 for Android. Now, if we get an iCloud <laughs> for Android, then, then I don't need Google for anything for all my photo storage. I can keep all my storage in iCloud. Yeah, um, I ditched Google Photos, oh, probably two years ago, went back to iCloud Photos. It, it was a long process. I had 400 gigs, I think, of pictures oh I had to transfer over, but I made it happen. It, it wasn't fun. Uh, so this, this change doesn't impact me, but I can see the frustration for other people. But speaking of Apple, you have them on the list. Uh, so, look, the company as a whole did mm -hmm. phenomenal this year. Yeah, okay, I mean, I, I mean, they had a, they had a couple of technical misses last year. They really didn't have a ton of technical misses this year. In fact, their technical yeah. achievement has been incredible. Yeah. Just just what they've done with their phones, with the iPads, with the M1 chip, the Mac, the Mac Silicon transition. They just have managed, and the watch, they had a good watch. Year. They had a phenomenally good year in what is probably the most overwhelming, most crappiest years we've ever had in technology history right 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 but they did miss one thing which in my opinion is not migrating to USB-C on all the iPhones and all the iPads so you know they're they have already gotten rid of the power adapters in the iPhones uh, right. in the boxes right they got rid of the power yeah. adapters so 
I don't understand why they just didn't migrate to USB-C. And they did it presumably, by the way, they're migrating off the power adapters and the boxes, presumably for green reasons, right? Which is, right. Which is to reduce packaging, to, to make us a, a better ecologically sensitive Apple and a, and, a, and a, you know, green initiatives, whatever they want to call it, right? If you wanted to be really green, you would use the same damn charging cable standards that the rest of the industry uses instead of having these stupid mm. cables that go bad so quickly and you have to throw them out and then, you know, fill a, a garbage pile with them someplace, <laughs> right? I don't know what you think, but I, I think I think that this was just a big, you know, you know I so thought it was I, a mi- it's a miss. It's a miss. It's a huge miss, uh, in my opinion. I've been thinking about this quite a bit, and I get it. They should have moved to USB-C. Um, they definitely earned their tur- tech turkey this year, but... Overall, the number of times I plug my iPhone into any sort of cable throughout a year of ownership is probably less than five. I wirelessly yeah, I charge. Do, I do it, Jason. I do it every day. I like yeah. the high-speed charging. The bill yeah, that just yeah. pops up fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't use it. It's not something I use. So to me, if it didn't <clears> even have a port, yeah. I probably wouldn't care as long as there was a way to back it up using my Mac. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Jason. Out. I bought two MagSafe's. I got one sitting there, and I got one, you know, in my living room, and I'm experimenting with them, and they're they're decent. Um, I do think they're a little strange to use with the the Pro Max because the Pro Max is this great big brick of a phone, it and is. then you got this tiny little tiny ass little connector for the MagSafe connector. So it's like it's like I was just saying, it's like making a Chihuahua with the, with the, with a Great Dane, <laughs> right? You got this giant phone sitting on top of this tiny connector, and if you're using a a case. The MagSafe doesn't doesn't adhere that strongly or, or, or at all, so it's like well, just positioning you know, this giant phone on top of this little connector. It, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, you need a MagSafe compatible case. Yeah. All right. So what's next on our list? So we should. I, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do these two, right? But I think we kind of have to go there because it is it is technology, but it's biotech in this case, right? So okay. we're talking about. Uh, the two drugs, uh, hydroxychloroquine and remdesivir. Now, hydroxychloroquine is a malaria drug. It's a proven treatment for malaria, okay, that was repositioned for use uh, for COVID-19 treatment um, and was heavily touted by the Trump administration as well as millions and millions and millions of people that follow him as being like this miracle drug that would just suddenly reduce mortality loss and get people out of the hospital faster. Um, it didn't work. Uh, the t- clinical trial showed it was worthless, uh, but the administration continued to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. But even though it was proven by the FDA and, and all the, the clinical trials to have no effect. Yeah. Okay. So that, that was just a huge waste of everybody's time. Now, the other drug, um, remdesivir, um, was thought to have some real promise initially. And even, even Fauci said, you know, yeah, this thing might work. Again, it turned out in the clinical trials it had no impact on patients. So that one was a disappointment uh, because we had hoped it was going to be beneficial, but it wasn't. So basically, any, any, any drug treatments this year? For COVID nineteen, none of them, none of them did anything. So they're yeah. they're 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 all they're, all those are tech turkeys, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I, I 
to me, I think it's just part of the learning process with a new virus and a new disease. And, you know, we don't have answers overnight, even though we would like to, especially with something that's, you know, killing thousands and worldwide millions of people uh, or a million people. So I get it. I get why they're on the list. I just think it's part of the learning process, unfortunately, you know. But it sounds like things are turning uh, upward where you have a couple vaccines that are supposed to be very effective. And, you know, billions of doses, have, billions of doses have been ordered of those four vaccines, which is good. Unbelievable. Good. unbelievable. Yeah, I, we need them now. Um, yesterday, actually. All right. So next on the list is HBO Max. It's yeah. a great service. It's a great product if you can access it. Right. That is that is the problem. Yeah. So you know. I, I, so now things are starting to shape a, a little bit a little bit better. Uh, but there was but there was a point in which you know you couldn't get HBO Max on certain systems. Right. You couldn't yeah. get it on. You definitely you still cannot get it on on Roku. Yeah. Um. And for a while, you could not get it on uh, Fire, TV. Fire TV unless you siloed it. Yeah, and they uh, just and announced this week that it is officially supported now. They finally worked out a deal. so It is officially supported now. So now pretty much all the services work on Fire TV, all of them, which is, which is, which is great. Um, but like I said, you know, I, I think it's kind of a turkey trend, right? where you have all these streaming services and this fragmentation across devices where you kind of have to like, you know, you got to look at a chart, you know, before you decide to buy one of these things. You know, I was looking at both, you know, when I was evaluating both the Chromecast um, with Google TV and the, uh, the Fire TV stick at the same time. And, you know, you have to look, you got to look and say, oh, is this service that I use supported? You know, yeah. and, and, and then, and, but generally speaking, it's not just the services, it's the distribution of content across these services where you have these exclusives where, you know, someone buys the rights to some content or intellectual property, and then you can't access it on the other service, right? So you're, 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 you're jumping between these services in order to, to find what you want. And it's crazy, you know, and there's no, there, there used to be duplication of content across these services. So it was possible at one point that you didn't need both Netflix and, Am and Amazon at the same time to watch certain right. things. But now you do because they, yeah, they have exclusives. Yeah, Everything's going into its own silo. These companies got tired of other companies making money off of their content. So they're creating their own services, which are just like channels, just like cable. And we're back to the same spot we were before paying, if you add it up, probably more money than you were for your cable subscription, which is frustrating. It, it's very frustrating, you know, and I and I, I remember a couple of years ago, I cut the cord on cable yeah. and I was spending about, uh, I would think about $1,600 a year on, you know, on cable, on, on, on premium cable services. Now, I, I, I got it down to about 600 700 because I'm not a huge sports fan. So I, I don't, I don't, you know, have the, the NFL packages or the, or the NBA packages uh, or the baseball packages, right? So I, I save some money that way, but I'm still back up to about $900 a year. You know, it, once, once sure. you start adding these things up, yeah, I want to watch Mandalorian and Disney. Yeah, I want to watch Star Trek. Suddenly, you're you're up another thirty bucks a month. Right. So it's right. It, it's it's crazy. Plus your internet bill. Right? Yeah, which had to be which had to be more robust to yeah. handle this high definition content, right? Well, so. And for me, I have Comcast. I have to pay for unlimited. So it Ouch. just it just adds up, man. It adds up. So we're we're running. 
way long on this one. So I guess it's bonus content for our listeners. So I say we narrow whatever's left on this list down to one or two. What do you want to pick here? Uh, you know what? I, I am kind of – I have to say the one thing I was most disappointed in terms this year is mm-hmm. the whole rigmarole with the United States Commerce Department and Huawei. Okay? And the, the reason why it bothers me is that, you know, Huawei was making some really good products, really solid hardware, a lot of innovation yeah. coming from them at reasonable prices. Okay? Now, because they've been cut off uh, because of them being on the entity list, right, they now no longer can, can no longer get chips. They cannot get software and IP license to them from Google, so they can't have the Google Play Store. And then their products basically become unpalatable to yeah. American consumers. And, you know, they yeah. have not just the Huawei brand phones, but also Honor, which they had to sell off this week, you know, to, to, to keep themselves out of financial trouble, essentially. Yeah. And it's been, it's been so... Hopefully, Honor, uh, you know, gets taken off that 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 list, and you know, maybe they'll they'll be able to get the Google Play Store again, and and you know, maybe we'll see some products from Honor, uh, you know, with who knows. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work long term, but the fact that you know, I you you could not get these high quality Android phones from Huawei and their accessories and stuff uh, that their distribution channels were effectively cut off. I, I, I think the Commerce Department was a total turkey. Was a total turkey. You know, <laughs> uh, it just it just it, it deprived consumers of good quality, uh, you know, mobile products and and things that they would have otherwise gotten, um, you know, for for much lower prices, right? I think they would have been very competitive with what Samsung had. Certainly competitive with what Google had in terms of you know the Pixel phones this year. So it's, that, that to me was the biggest darn disappointment of them all. In, in, in that same breath, the, uh, the dust up with TikTok, I think, is one for uh, me yeah. that it just, look, I, I used to not mess with TikTok at all, you know, <laughs> but honestly, when it was going to be banned and, you know, all these things came into place and it was, so I downloaded it before it was supposed to be pulled from the app store it's one of my favorite distractions ever because there are some funny videos on there. I laugh. I have a good time for, you know, five or 10 minutes just scrolling through these short videos. It reminds me a lot of Vine and how creative people got. I enjoy seeing that aspect of it. But the fact that it went from this national security nightmare that was, you know, tracking everything you do and, and all of this to overnight, once the administration realized they weren't going to be able to force it to be sold, or right. get money for the U.S. government, it no longer became a security issue, and now it's not even—it's not even on the table for it to be banned anymore. Like it, just there was a there. Yeah, it, it was. That's definitely worthy of a Turkey Award as well. It just the whole incident, the, all of it. I just, man, it, hey, it made me a user, I guess. So maybe it's not a tech turkey i don't know yeah you know what is inter- what i find interesting jason this year was not so much a tech turkey product year it was right. just a tech turkey the whole the whole damn year was one yeah. big tech turkey and yeah, and, yeah. and i hope we never have to repeat this ever again 
Yeah, I'm with you there. You know, I mean, look at any company that wasn't Zoom. You know, that's on our list as well. If you're not Zoom, <laughs> you had you had a horrible year for video conferencing, right? Like, it, Zoom owned 2020. Which is even even Google could not match Zoom, and with, and with everything tried. that Google's and they have yeah, tried. yeah, and they're giving their service away. Google is now giving away Google Video, uh, whatever Meet, the heck they're calling Google it, Meet. Uh, Meet, and nobody in my organization uses it, and we're a Google Office. You know, shop. So I, I don't know anyone who uses it. But yeah. Zoom you know. replaced Skype, and 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 that's it. It's done. It, Zoom is number one. And if you weren't Zoom this year, you had a horrible, no good, rotten year for video Basically. conferencing. Basically. Cool. Well, I think that's probably a good list and a good place to stop. What do you think? I think so too, Jason. Good riddance. No, I I, I can't wait <laughs> till this year's over. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. And this is Jason Squared. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.